Pastor Xavier Reese exemplifying how the prayer of a righteous man avails much. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord Yahweh, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me. When you search me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord Yahweh, and I will bring you back from your captivity. Literally, the seeking of Daniel to God is prophetic fulfillment. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Of the hundreds of prophecies among the pages of Scripture, many, such as the birth of Christ, have already been fulfilled as our history books have testified. And it's for this reason, Pastor Xavier says there should be no doubt about what Scripture describes for our future will surely be fulfilled as well. And in particular, prophecy concerning the divine destiny for the nation of Israel has been well documented in a dream of the prophet Daniel. Let's join Pastor Xavier continuing in chapter 9 of a Simple Truth study series of the book of Daniel. Prayer is one of the most powerful tools available to us as Christians, yet I believe without any doubt that it is the most neglected and abused in our lives. No one understands the process in various ways of the ins and out of prayer, how we pray, God answers in His timing, His perfect will. And if you try to understand that before you pray, you're never going to pray. And God simply says, pray. Pray depending on me, that I am sovereign and do what I will do, and be ready to be used by me as you seek me in prayer. That's what it's all about. Prayer primarily is not to get things from God. But it's to tap into the things of God, as Daniel is doing here. There's a legitimate aspect of asking, but that's not what prayer is all about. The most important thing about prayer is, Lord, guide me, direct me, give me wisdom, that I might fit in his plan to do his will. George Mueller said, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It is laying hold of his willingness. Shakespeare said, we ignorant of ourselves beg often our own harms, which the wise powers deny us for our good. Every time God says no to you and I in prayer, I should jump for joy. That's as good as a yes, a protection for guiding me. For that reason, we want to look at the prayer of Daniel as he sees God for the intercession of his people, knowing the captivity is almost up. This is one of the most important chapters of the book of Daniel, as well as the Bible, because one man dared to align himself through prayer with the purposes of God for the present as well as the future, resulting in God answering and giving him the 70 weeks of Daniel. We'll get into it as we move along. They're the first coming, the second coming, the tribulation period, the very dates, important prophecy. Daniel was a man of prayer, as you know, committed to prayer from the beginning. Prayer. In fact, the believer is never to be indifferent or complacent in prayer, but to seek God to fit in the plans of God through prayer. And Daniel is a perfect example of this. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, which God prepared before that we should walk in them or might walk in them, seeking God, to be used of God, his workmanship. Not to him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, 
according to the power that works in us, Ephesians 3.20. What God desires to do, all the men in the scriptures that are given to us. Moses prayed for God's people. Solomon prayed for wisdom and knowledge to lead the people of God. Elijah prayed that God would glorify himself on Mark Carmel before the prophets of Baal. Jesus prayed for his disciples. Paul prayed for the saints in Christ Jesus in the early church experienced so many incredible miracles and great power as they prayed over and over and over again. So what we want to do is look at the prayer of Daniel, and it's characterized by three things. Let me read for us our text, 1 through 19. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the me who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Then I set my face towards the Lord God to make requests by prayers and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome, God, who keeps the covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, to our princes, our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to what a shame of face as it is this day. To the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, to all Israel, those near and those far off, in all the countries to which you have driven them, because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the voice of our Lord our God to walk in the law, which he has said before us by his servants the prophets. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oaths written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed his word which he spoke against us and against our judges who judged us by bringing upon us a great disaster. For under the whole heaven such has never been done in what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made our prayers before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he has done, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with the mighty hand and made yourself a name, as it is this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly, O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray. Let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are reproached to all those around us. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant in his supplication. And for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. O oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see. 
our desolation and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplication before you because of our righteousness deeds, but because of your great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. Incredible prayer of Daniel. It's characterized by three things. The motivation of Daniel's prayer is given to us in verse 1 and 2. The intercession of Daniel in prayer goes from 3 to 14. And then you have the supplication of Daniel's prayer in verses 15 to 19. Notice in verse 1, the prayer of Daniel is dated for us the first year of Darius, 538 B.C. Daniel is about 84 to 88 years old at this point. Now, the prayer of Daniel was prompted by the study of prophecy. Underline that. Put stars around it. It's prompted by prophecy. He recognized the critical time of the captivity. Almost up by the book of Jeremiah. Now this is the first time Daniel uses the, what is called a tetragrammaton, the consonants of, of the name of God, the covenant name, Y-H-V-H or W-H, whichever you want. It's uh, pronounced Yahweh or Yahweh. You find it in verse 4, 10, and 14 also. Uh, the covenant name. Now, Jeremiah foretold of the desolation of the land for 70 years. The captivity was for punishment for their idolatry and for their not letting the land rest. Uh, Jeremiah 29 says, For thus saith the Lord Yahweh, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place, meaning Jerusalem. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14 says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord Yahweh, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me. When you search me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord Yahweh, and I will bring you back to, from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord Yahweh, and I will bring you to the place from which I have caused you to be carried away captive. Literally, the seeking of Daniel to God is prophetic fulfillment. According to Jeremiah. Now, Israel refused to let the land rest 490 years. The sabbatic year was every seven. Seven times 70 is 490. He will pick that formula up in the 70th week of Daniel as we get there. Okay? It is 538 B.C. 67 to 68 years have passed. Almost up. 538 B.C., Cyrus gave Ezra the permission to return to Jerusalem. Ezra chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. God had told the angel that his house would be built again. Zechariah chapter 1, verse 12 and 16. God's on the throne. He's working. He's moving. Not man. Prophecy is so important and people neglect it today. It will cause you to look to God. It will cause you to see the sign of the times. It will cause you to reflect and where are we in terms of God's program? Very important. The study of the Word of God will keep the believer stable in the midst of the, this unstable world that's getting more unstable by the day. To present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service, to prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God, Romans 12, 1 and 2. It's a living sacrifice, being guided by His will, directed by His will, because we know His Word. We're to present our body 
a living sacrifice, but we're also to know absolute truth, the word of God. So it's not just this, this martyrdom and, you know, ex- extreme religious thing, but it's with knowledge. Uh, 2 Timothy 2, 15 and 16 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker that does not need to be shamed, rightly divine the word of truth, rightly cut and straight, used for appointment in an army, to shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase the more ungodliness. So the word of God is going to keep you straight, keep you on target. The study of prophecy will keep a person focused on the coming of Jesus Christ and praying for wisdom on those who to know what they're to do and to be able to warn others to escape the wrath to come. The entire emerging church and secret friendly is to try to, to get socially active to make this place a better world. We're here to proclaim the coming of Christ. Judgment is coming. The people may repent. And then their lives get better, but we're still in a rotten world. Judgment is still coming. You have the church of Laodicea, lukewarm. They say, I'm rich, I'm wealthy, I have need of nothing. God says, you're dead. The next event on the prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. The Lord Jesus taught the rapture. The early church taught the rapture. People say, well, the, cha- the rapture is a, a, a recent teaching. Really? Jesus taught in John 14, 1 through 3. Stop being afraid. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many abiding places. If it were not so, I would have told you. And where I go, I go to prepare a place where they were. I am. There you may be also. And if I go, I will come back to receive you to myself. You must make a distinction between Jesus coming back to receive you to himself from coming back with him. First Thessalonians, he comes back for us. Second Thessalonians, we come back with him. All right? The early church, first church council, Acts 15. He's choosing a bride for himself. Then he'll deal with Israel once again. The tabernacle of David has fallen down. Paul taught it. Jesus taught it. The disciples taught it. The church fathers taught pre-tribulation, by the way. Uh, rapture. And then the second coming. The shepherds of Hermes, 150 AD, showed the second century Christians believed in the pre-tribulational rapture. Victorianus. A.D. 240, taught the rapture. Cyprian, A.D. 250, taught the church would be snatched up before the Antichrist. Ephraim, the Syrian, 373 A.D., taught the rapture occurred before the seven-year tribulation period. So what do you mean it's the recent doctrine? Taught by Jesus, taught by Paul, the early church fathers. It is called the blessed hope. Listen to Titus 2, 11 through 13. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a blessed hope, ladies and gentlemen. I am not looking for Antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ, and I'm looking for him real soon. Prayer is in view of tapping into the things of God. This is the focus. Do you realize that 28% of the Bible is prophecy? Nearly one-third of the Bible, prophecy. You know all the prophecies Jesus fulfilled, predicted the first coming. And yet there are five times more prophecy for the second coming. The motivation of Daniel to pray was according to his study of prophecy. Prophecy. Notice, secondly, the intercession of Daniel in prayer, 3 to 14. In verse 3, Daniel prepared himself to seek God. Notice he says his face towards the Lord God. This is in the case of personal relationship with God 
in fellowship. We've seen his fellowship through the years, from 16 years of age. Preparing himself not to be defiled, refusing to be defiled with the king's meat. This was a habit of Daniel and regular prayer, as I've given you the scriptures throughout the book. Ezekiel, in fact, in the beginning of the captivity, said this in Ezekiel 14, 14, and 20. He says, even though, though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they would deliver only themselves by the righteousness, says the Lord God. So even these three men of intercession could not deliver Israel from going into captivity. That's how bad they were. Ezekiel's out with the people. Daniel's in the palace. God's in control. He intended to make intercession for himself and the people. Throughout the book, we're going to hear in this chapter, throughout this text, we are, us, all pronouns. Daniel included himself. Now, we don't find no fault in him. In fact, they said the only way we're going to fight fall with Daniel is if we find something against his God, and they found him praying, right? But Daniel says, I'm a creep. I'm a sinner. I deserve judgment. He making requests. Look at verse 3. Intercession requests, desires to know the will of God, the mind of God. By prayer, the word is for general worship, adoration, confession. By supplication, it's a very specific target. So he's telling us what his prayer is going to contain. Okay? Gives us the table of contents here. <laughs> he intended to do it by humbling himself before God. Don't miss this. With fastings, denying himself food and drink for a time. With sackcloth, a burlap sort of material, real coarse, uncomfortable, affliction. By ashes, indicating grief, mourning. And here we have no physical posture given to us as we'll have in chapter 10. But we are given a posture here. It's the posture of the heart. Humbling himself before God for intercession. In chapter 10, verse 3, in the third year of Cyrus, Daniel will not eat pleasant food or meat or wine and anoint, not even anoint himself, clean himself up for three weeks as he seeks the Lord again. There he is with his face to the ground on his knees, we're told in verse 9 and 10 of chapter 10. Gabriel appears and tells them that he is greatly loved and that he's come to give him understanding because he has humbled himself before God. The effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. James 5.16 tells us. Look at verse 4. Daniel confessed the flawless character of God to his covenant. He interceded for his people. And I prayed to the Lord Yahweh, my God Elohim. The word prayed there means to intervene, intercede, to mediate. The right was by covenant. Notice that. The Lord Yahweh, his covenant name. And by God Elohim, his personal, personally knew God. His faithfulness to the covenant. He made confession of the faithfulness of God. It's all about God here. The word confession means to declare by acknowledging something to be so. You admit it. You acknowledge it. You repeat it. You give it as evidence. The character of God is the focus. Oh, Lord, great and awesome God. The word Lord there is Adonai. It means one having authority, master. The loyalty of God is expressed who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and those who keep his commandments. God is faithful. He is true to his covenant to those who love and obey him. It's a marriage relationship. God is merciful, meaning compassionate, having pity on those who love and obey him. The word mercy there is a covenant word, covenant language. The word is hesed. 
It can be translated loving kindness. Less than we deserve. Law is what we deserve. Mercy is less than we deserve. Grace is what we don't deserve at all. Notice verse 5 and 10. Daniel confessed the sinful character of himself and his people. The people had disobeyed God's word. Look at verse 5. Having sinned, the word means to miss the mark, goal or the way. Like going target shooting, you miss the mark altogether. You don't even come close to it. Having committed iniquity, perverseness is the word. Having done wickedly, to act according to their fallen nature. Having rebelled, to go against God, willfully, knowingly. How? Listen. Even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. That's how you do it. Because you don't stay in the word of God. Daniel included himself by the word we. What an amazing confession here. The rebellion was against the authority of the scriptures. Bottom line. If I think that I am above this word, I am in deep trouble. Look at verse 6. The people had disobeyed the prophets also. The prophets spoke faithfully the word of God to all. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, the people, the land, all of them. In verse 7, the people deserve the shame they incurred. O Lord, righteous belongs to you, but to us shame of face to this day, to the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, to all Israel, those near, those far, in all every country, which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you, those that Assyria took in 722, those that were in Babylon, all over the world. The contrast here is between God and the people. God is righteous, the people unrighteous. There's no comparison here. Complete contrast. Notice the leaders deserve the shame they incurred also. In verse 8, O Lord, to us belong shame of face, to our kings, our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. Look at verse 9. The God of Israel was the only one who could forgive their sins. To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against God. Mercy, once again, less than we deserve. It's outward rebellion. He's casting himself upon God's mercy. In verse 10, you have the summary statement of their disobedience and rebellion against the covenant. Their sin was corporate as a nation against the authority of Yahweh. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord Yahweh, our God Elohim, to walk in his laws. God help America. Who prints in God we trust in his money. Puts it across the Supreme Court overhead. It's in all of our documents. God help us. Count the number of times the pronoun is used. We, our, us. Daniel includes himself. Their sin was against the warnings of the prophets, which he said before us by his servants, the prophets. Every day they were sent them, but they killed them, stoned them. Look at verse 11 through 14. Daniel confessed their deserved judgment. God had warned in the law, revealing the blessings and cursings in Leviticus 26. Whenever you have judgment, look at Leviticus 26. In Deuteronomy 27 and 28. Now I said before your life and death, blessing or cursing, choose you this day who you're going to serve. Joshua said, as for me and the Lord, me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. You want to serve the gods of your father on the other side of the river? Go ahead. It's the same decision today, ladies and gentlemen. you got to make a decision who you're going to serve. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, and a lesson in humbleness before the Creator by way of the prayer of Daniel on today's Simple Truths. And you can hear this message again, if you like, online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Now, we've had to pause only partway through this message, and if your schedule won't permit you to tune in next time for the conclusion, as always, you can pick up your own copy of this study as well. And the title you want to ask for is simply The Prayer Warrior Daniel. It's available on CD for just $4. Once again, the title to ask for is The Prayer Warrior Daniel, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com